Podcasting from Hartford, you're listening to the Connecticut Scoreboard Podcast, your place for all things Connecticut sports. And here is your host, Jared Cutler. So joining me today, we've got John Peters. He's the co-managing editor of College Baseball Nation. John, thanks so much for joining me today. Thanks for having me on. Looking forward to it. So, John, we, we've got some exciting times here in Connecticut. We've got three of our D1 schools here playing in the NCAA tournament. So it's, uh, it's an exciting month here for these teams coming up. Yeah, it's, I think, impressive. This year was a really good showing for a lot of teams in, in the Northeast in general, and especially from Connecticut. So, what, a two seed, a three seed, and a four seed from the state? Yeah. So that's not too bad. Yeah, pretty, pretty good here. So to start, I, I think, you know, the, the matchups uh, in, in the pod here, the regional that everyone's really looking forward to is the one that, that features our, our flagship school here in UConn. So I think they're in a really interesting group there uh, out in South Bend with, with Notre Dame. From your coverage, you know, of the college baseball landscape, take us through a little bit what this regional looks like for UConn. Obviously, the, the first game will be against Michigan, but you've also got Notre Dame in, in central Michigan in that uh, regional. Yeah, I think one of the first storylines out of the South Bend Regional is where Notre Dame was seeded. So Notre Dame was the runaway ACC champ this year. And a lot of national media predicted that Notre Dame would be seeded a little bit higher, would get a top eight seed. But Notre Dame got the 10 overall seed. And really, the committee didn't do a whole lot of favors, I would say, with this regional for for one reason, UConn is in it, and UConn is a really tough two-seed. But then you're also joined by three-seed Michigan and four-seed Central Michigan. I think all four of those teams, uh, and you can't say this for sure about every regional, all four of those teams have a legitimate shot at, at winning that regional. And uh, the team that gets eliminated in two games is still going to be a pretty good team. So I think from top to bottom, it should be a really competitive regional. I think a lot of this is going to play out on the mound. So with UConn and Michigan, and to some extent, Central Michigan, they bring in really good pitching staffs, especially mm-hmm. one-two. Notre Dame kind of does it by does pitching by committee. So they just have like five or six guys that they can throw out there in, in different situations, long relief, things like that, uh, that it's going to make, I think, for a really interesting kind of, kind of crafty regional. If, if Notre Dame's going to advance, they're going to have to be really clever about bullpen management. But when you look at UConn, I mean, you got kind of a co-ace situation there, I'd say, yeah. uh, with Austin Peterson and, and Ben Kasparius, uh, two really good arms that are, I think, going to give UConn a legitimate chance to win this regional. Yeah, no, I, I definitely think it's going to be an interesting regional, and especially, I know, I know UConn and Michigan matched up for a series last year, right before everything got shut down, so it, it's exciting to see them play Michigan again. If, if you're looking in that first game, I, I know you mentioned, uh, you know, the pitching really be, being a strength for a lot of the teams in this regional. Looking at that UConn-Michigan matchup, you, you see this being a, a battle that's won out uh, on the mound in a pitcher's duel type situation here? Yeah, I think that's, that's fair to say that that could be a possibility. With Austin Peterson on the mound, uh, it's been officially announced for UConn. He's a guy that's been really consistent. I haven't seen an official announcement Michigan yet if Steven Hazier goes who's their their ace he's another one of the best pitchers in the country he's going to be a high-end draft prospect or he is already uh so that surely could play out as one of those games where in the seventh inning it's one to one and it comes down to who can get to the bullpen Mm -hmm. uh with that said though UConn's offense has also been a, a pretty big strength 
Uh, really curious to see how uh, Stephen Hazard can handle the the bats of UConn. Yeah, no, I, I definitely think uh, an exciting matchup in that first game there. Before we dive into a, a couple of the other uh, Connecticut schools here, just something I wanted to pick your brain on as someone who follows the national college baseball landscape. I know when UConn made the conference realignment decision to, to go back to the Big East, it, it was primarily a basketball move. In terms of baseball, though, from someone outside of, of the UConn area uh, in here in the state, what was your perspective on them making that move from the American to the Big East? Because uh, I know UConn did have success in the American, but they also have had success uh, in the Big East before. Yeah, it's a really interesting national storyline. And to be honest, I was a little bit skeptical about what it can mean for UConn. I think there's a recipe for success outside of some of the more major conferences. And American, the American conference is already a little bit on the fence in baseball, uh, obviously closer to the, the power lands than it is to the mid-majors in a, in a lot of years. I think, though, the recipe for success, if you're going to be a mid-major, a true mid-major like a team from the Big East is, is investing in facilities and coaching. And, and UConn's done that. I mean, we, we've talked about it right before we came on here. UConn's new facility is amazing, and they are going to compete for every recruit in the Northeast. Plus, they're going to have opportunities to pull guys uh, from, from farther down south. So I think the recipe for success uh, is there still for UConn, independent of the conference that they ended up in. And something that I was really, I was following closely, really closely, UConn's RPI as the year progressed, because for a while it was lingering in the, the 40s, 50s, 60s, a little bit lower. And as UConn went on a hot streak right at the end, it shot up into the 20s, top 20, and it became a comfortable two seed. And anytime you can comfortably get in as a two seed, I mean, you're going to have a legitimate shot to win game one. UConn should be the favorite against Michigan. And if you make it to a regional final, you know, anything can happen, right? Right. Yeah. The, that's the, the best part of baseball in, in this setup here. As we look at some of these other matchups for Connecticut teams, I, I think one of the kind of really interesting national storylines throughout the year was, was Fairfield baseball. And I know they only played conference games, but to, to go through the MAC like they did was really impressive. What were your thoughts on Fairfield uh, heading into this tournament, g- given the, the success they had through the regular season? I know they came up a bit short in the conference tournament, but still were able to, to get a spot in, in the uh, NCAA tournament, which was really exciting here. Yeah, I mean, did anybody see this coming? It's just such a cool story. I mean, there's yeah. there's something to be said. Baseball games are hard to win. Even the favorite, it, it, it's yeah. not a sure thing, right? And to do what yep. they did, winning 30-plus games to start the year, only dropping three games throughout the entire season, it's incredibly impressive what they've been able to do. I am... Personally, I'm really excited. I'm curious to see what they can do in Austin. So they're heading to... To the University yeah. of Texas's regional. Uh, that regional is is an interesting mix of teams. So that that two seed there, which Fairfield would get matched up against, is Arizona State. Arizona State is kind of the epitome of a team that has won games it's supposed to win, but hasn't exactly won games that it's been the underdog in. As far as two seeds go, not the most intimidating two seed in my opinion. They've only been on the road once uh, against a, a team from. Uh, the field of 64 that was against Oregon. They lost that series. All of the tough series that they had this year were at home. They still lost a good number of those series. So this Arizona State team is coming in with not a whole lot of pitching, not a whole lot of marquee wins. Not to say that Arizona State still isn't a really solid team, but if I were Fairfield, right. I would definitely look at this as a legitimate opportunity to take down a Pac-12 team. 
Yeah, no, I, th- I think it's going to be an exciting matchup. And you saw, you know, in the video that went out of Fairfield seeing uh, themselves being selected and, and placed in the field here. And I, I do think, you know, like in any sport, you, ri- you ride some of that momentum. I mean, they're kind of coming into this uh, tournament playing with some house money here, I'd say. You gotta be, you gotta feel like a team of destiny. The first ever at large bid from the Mac. I mean, it's just yeah. a, a dream season right now, right? And this is yep. just one, one of the best opportunities any of the athletic programs at Fairfield has had, really. It's, it's yeah. uh, a chance to go in as a three seed where you're not gonna have to go against the host to open up the tournament. I mean, win game one. That Texas has had games where their offense just doesn't show up, and Fairfield has had games where they've gone for huge offensive explosions. Uh, anything can happen in that regional. I, I I like Fairfield to compete, and I'm really curious to see how well they compete, how close they can keep it with Arizona State, with Texas, if they end up playing Texas. Yeah, were, were you surprised that they did make it as a, as an at-large team into the field, given that they didn't win their conference tournament? Yeah, it's. I mean, they were the first ever at-large team from their conference. So, so that that's saying something, right? I yeah. think trying to read the minds of the committee in any year is a challenging task, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, it seems like uh, there can be a little bit of a moving target at times in exactly what gets you into the tournament. With that said, throughout the entire season, Fairfield had an RPI in the top five. They didn't play non-conference games, so you know that RPI maybe doesn't mean as much. But at the same time, if, if you're that committee and this team wins what, 37 games, I think it, it's really hard to keep them out of the tournament. Yeah, uh, agreed there. So, it's, I, you know, you're always skeptical when it's one of these mid-major teams that kind of falls short. Uh, but to see them get selected, I, I think it's really exciting for everyone here. So we go to the final regional that has a, a Connecticut team, and, and that's out in Oregon with, with Central. I, I know uh, always a, a tough trip out to Eugene especially coming all the way from Connecticut. I think they landed this morning, uh, this Thursday night, we're recording this. Uh, I think it was like tonight, I think today at like five in the morning, landed in, in Oregon and turn around and play tomorrow. So I, what do you think? Uh, I know coming into these uh, regionals uh, as a four seed, it's not always the easiest thing, but what are your thoughts on, on the regional they're in? Uh, they've got Oregon, uh, Gonzaga, and, and LSU here. Yeah, that's, it's always like uh, West Coast regionals can always become kind of eclectic because yeah. of the teams that end up getting sent out there. There's just a lower density of teams in the West. Yeah. So you have Gonzaga, that makes a whole lot of sense, another Pacific Northwest team. Yeah. But then LSU from, you know, from Louisiana, Central Connecticut coming from Connecticut. So, I mean, you got to figure that showing up the day before at five in the morning isn't, isn't the best way to, <laughs> to get things started. But hopefully they can get a good night's rest and have an opportunity uh, they play an Oregon team. So this Oregon team that they're going to be playing to open up, it's the best Oregon team uh, that there's been in a really long time. Uh, I, I think it's going to be a tough matchup. The Ducks playing at home have been really consistent. They've won a lot of uh, a really impressive series. I mean, they beat Oregon State twice this year uh, in two different series. They had a four-game sweep on the road at UC Santa Barbara. It's a really good Oregon team. I think that it's going to be it's going to be a tough tough first round matchup for Central Connecticut State. I think if they end up winning that game, or even if they end up in the losers bracket, the two and three seeds are definitely a lot more vulnerable in that regional. LSU has had some injuries, uh, has had a little bit of inconsistency. Really young team has moments of greatness. 
Gonzaga just lost their second best starter. So if they do end up, Central Connecticut ends up playing Gonzaga in the loser's bracket um, or in the winner's bracket, either way, Gonzaga is going to be one starter short there. So a potential opportunity there for an upset. Um, but I think that's going to be uh, a primarily pitching forward Oregon team um, with maybe the best offense in that regional coming from LSU. Mm-hmm. I'll get you out of here on, on this question here. As we're looking at this tournament, what do you think it says about the state of college baseball that we're seeing some of these Northeast teams really starting to break through here? I mean, we've got three from Connecticut, Northeastern, our, our neighbor in Massachusetts. Uh, we got Ryder and NJIT in the tournament. We've seen the University of Hartford in the tournament uh, recently. So what do you think it says about the state of, of Northeast baseball here? Yeah, I think... Following baseball in non-traditional baseball regions, so outside of, of the South or the West Coast, is a really good bellwether for the, the health of the sport in general. And seeing teams like UConn, for instance, investing a lot of money in baseball facilities, maintaining a good head coach, doing really well with recruiting, sending those guys on to the next level, I think that bodes really well for the sport. Getting the sport national attention is only going to bring more eyes to the game. More eyes is going to bring more TV deals, bring um, make the sport more profitable, get people more excited about it, and make it a sport really that could gain the same level of national prominence that, for instance, the MLB has. De- definitely. I-, I think it's some exciting times here, and uh, especially with, with having three teams in the, in the field this year, I think it's going to be a fun weekend for Connecticut baseball fans to, to cheer on some of the local teams here and uh, – and who knows? You, n- you never know what can happen in these regionals. So may- may- maybe we'll get lucky uh, and get a team out of there. Well, my money is on UConn winning that regional. I-, I released my official bracket. So I do have UConn winning that South Bend regional and making it to a super regional. I think all three of those teams have shots to win games in those regionals. So for sure, I'm going to be having on the five split screen ESPN <laughs> on my computer and borrowing my wife's computer and getting everything going so I can watch as many games as possible over the next few days. Yeah, no, it, it is going to be a fun weekend for sure. So John Peters, uh, you can find him at College Baseball Nation. Thank you so much for coming on. And uh, if UConn makes it out of that regional, as you're predicting that, we might have to have you back to, to talk some possible uh, next round uh, matchups there. Sounds great. Thanks so much for having me on. Absolutely. Thanks, John. Thanks for listening to the Connecticut Scoreboard Podcast with Jared Cutler. If you like the show and want to know more, check out the podcast on Twitter at CT Scoreboard Pod, the host at Jared Cutler, and find us on Facebook at the Connecticut Scoreboard Podcast. Finally, if you enjoy what you're listening to, rate and review us on iTunes. Thanks again for listening.